BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The $50,000 jackpot hits in 30 laps for Green at Lakeside. Battle for the lead. Here's oh. Austin McCarl to the inside of Gio Selzy. Gio kept his foot in the throttle, cleared him down the backstretch. McCarl comes back again. Short slider across the nose of Gio. Gio crosses him over four to go. Here's Peck. He got to the left rear. Now Larson and go to the go to the bottom and try and slide Jamie Beal and dispose of Anthony Macri. He jumps the cushion, hits the wall. Here's Peck to the inside. Change the lead. Peck's got to be perfect. Larson going to go to the bottom just to try something, but it's not going to be enough. Justin Peck. Welcome back to Victory Lane. Fight, fight, fight. One to go for Rico Avery. Larson not close enough right now to challenge. He's more worried about Tyler Courtney behind him in second. Down the back straightaway they go. Rico Avery three, three and four. He'll win his fourth high limit race of the year, but the inaugural high limit sprint car champion is Kyle Larson. Hello again. It is Wing Nation, and this is a special Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit Conversation. We are talking High Limit Sprint Car Series, and joining me in studio is one of the co-owners of the High Limit Sprint Car Series, Brad Sweet. Hello, Brad. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, it is always great to catch up with you. I can't imagine the busyness of your schedule, and so we do appreciate you taking some time out and dropping by the studio here. Um, We saw some highlights from 2023. You guys did 11 races. Just kind of describe the goods, the bads, what you've learned uh, in High Limits 2023. (laughs) yeah i mean we definitely learned a lot um you know it was it was a concept that you know kyle and i obviously with flow you know came up with it was uh trying to do something in the middle of the week um you know to try to get these race teams you know an extra payday and obviously utilizing kyle's likeness to elevate the crowd and the atmosphere and um you know i think the proof of concept you know this year it really worked uh, you know maybe even better than we thought um you know, viewership was great. Uh, ad track attendance was great. Um, we definitely learned stuff along the way, you know, talking with different promoters and working with different promoters and, and the different racetracks. Uh, it was it was a lot of learning. Uh, we made mistakes. Uh, we owned up to some mistakes and we made improvements. And I thought the efficiency of our programs got better and better. I thought some of the racing that I saw was great. It was fun to see uh, you know, some different cars battling for those bigger paydays. So, uh, overall, I, I feel like it was a great success. And, um, you know, like I said, we learned a lot, learned a lot. That's for sure. I think it's a fascinating challenge you guys had because the sprint car product, the fan, you walk in, you sit down, you shell your money out sprint car products. And this doesn't matter whether it's an outlaw race, an IRA race, central Pennsylvania, California, it's really, really good. A well-run show was really, really good. What was the challenge? I mean, you guys tried some stuff with a dice roll. You tried the, the, I love, I'm a choose fan. I'm just personally choose fan. You tried that. What is the risk versus reward of trying to change things, but yet not to get too far away from sprint car racing? How did you balance all of that? Yeah, I mean, we, I think Kyle and I both love sprint car racing probably as much or more than anybody yeah. in the world is, is the, you know, the tradition or, and what sprint car racing is. We, we definitely don't want to get away from that. We don't, we don't want to get gimmicky, you know, like some of the other things that we've seen in, in 
racing across the, the board. Sure. So a choose cone to me was just off experiences. Um, obviously, with the outlaws, you choose what, wherever the leader goes. So if he chooses inside, then you're, if you're in third, fifth, seventh, you're, you're kind of going with him. But a lot of the times, you know, when I'm in third or fifth, I'd like to choose a different line if, if possible, but I'm kind of tied to the leader. So that was just based yeah. off experiences and, and trying to create something that was maybe more fair and, and maybe a little bit better product. Uh, it's something that, you know, the fans can kind of see what the, the drivers yeah. are thinking. They're, they're kind of choosing their lane. So uh, we thought that was cool. Obviously, the dice roll was something that we thought was going to be really cool. Um, it got a lot of like hype around it. But, you know, it's one of those things when you draw it on paper and then it, when you go to execute it, it didn't it didn't play out as good. But it's, it's just because our purses were so good. And there was so many good guys that people don't want to go back in the field. Uh, they're already racing for more money than they typically would be racing for. So, yeah, that didn't work out. But I, I still think a lot of people talked about it and liked the idea. Yeah. It just uh, we had to kind of change it, adapt and, and kind of move forward. And, you know, hopefully next year we'll, we'll come up with some more fun and exciting things that that keep the fans more engaged. It's, it's fascinating, really. Is the, the, the choose, I, I'm a choose fan because Roger Slack brought the choose to the summer shootout at Charlotte, the, the little quarter mile track, because the inside was so, so dominant. The poor guy that was second had no chance in the world, and they brought it. And then it's funny to me, it's like, what I get a kick out of are the choose, and this is just a personal thing. Everyone's like, we're bringing the choose from NASCAR. No, no, NASCAR took it from the short tracks, <laughs> and now we're bringing it to sprint car racing, and, and I really like that. So obviously 2023 in the books you get your 11 races in you've got your champion with kyle and everything else and you guys decide to get a little bit more aggressive you've announced earlier this week a 50-ish race schedule um let's just talk big picture philosophy what is the what is the high limits philosophy as we look at this expanded nationwide schedule in 2024 yeah i think kyle and i just have you know a strong desire and a a strong passion to, to try to help grow sprint car racing and I think with the All-Stars, where they were at, it was like they were in a, a tricky spot. Yeah. Um, you know, they needed they needed someone to maybe get in there and, and grow it. And with our High Limit brand, we needed maybe a, a spot to take and, and grow. So, um, you know, just a good opportunity for us to to take something that's, that Tony had already done a really good job with and had a, a big footprint and, and try to make it even bigger. Um, we have a lot of assets. They had a lot of assets. Um, you know, we have a lot of relationships and we and we have a strong desire uh you know to make these teams more sustainable to give more teams more opportunities and to try to grow more bigger events across the country so um you know i think that's kind of the philosophy with with where we're starting right now and you know obviously we're going to pay close attention you know as we grow yeah. um you know there's going to be mistakes there's going to be growing pains but you know we we i think as long as we stay true to ourselves and and what we're setting out to do there's no reason that we we can't be successful in helping grow the sport. Yeah, we we had a we had our television program. I, sh- I shared this with you uh, just before, and Dominic Selzy was on, and Dominic was like, with all of the races that there are apparently going to be in 2024, this was before your announcement this week, he said, that 41 car may be traveling east because there's great opportunities. And, and ultimately, is that what it boils down to is just that uh, the, the, the drivers are going to have more shots, at, uh, more shots at racing for bigger money? Yeah, I mean, I think quality uh, over quantity. I think we want to have really quality shows, um, you know, create bigger events. Uh, the goal is to to have an atmosphere at the track and have something that the viewer wants to see from home 
um, and then, you know, more sustainable product for the owners. Um, you know, we got to look at what the owners are complaining about year after year is, you know, travel expenses yeah. and, and maybe racing, you know, too many nights for not enough money. And, and there's a lot of race teams out there that were sh- stuck in limbo that the all-star thing wasn't sustainable for them, but they can, they maybe can't go run with the outlaws. So, um, you know, our deal is, is smaller in scale, um, but there's a freedom factor. So, uh, the teams that want to race more can race more, but there's enough resources and point fund money and tow money for the teams that, that don't want to race more and can look at our, you know, 50 plus race schedule to, to be a sustainable business model for them. And, and hopefully that'll elevate a few teams uh, that can go compete more on a national level. Neat stuff. That's for sure. Freedom factor. The, that is a big bugaboo in sprint car racing. What does that mean? Just kind of go a little deeper into the, into you use that, that phrase freedom. What does that mean a little bit more to you? Uh, freedom, I think, um, is a couple different things. I think it is not setting a ceiling on what a driver can make in a year. Or, you know, if a driver wants to go around 110 races and maximize their opportunity to make money, then we, we don't want to set you know, what they can and can't do. And then also if a driver wants to race less and maybe have a little more family time, go on a few vacations throughout a year and still compete at a very high level, they could do it that way. So uh, it's, it's the freedom of what you want to do to be a professional sprint car driver. It's the opportunity to, to kind of, you know, have something a little bit different out there. To me, I look at last fall. Last fall, when you guys were talking about this series coming on board, we had every sprint car driver on the planet running to run the full World of Outlaws schedule, all the high limit races, yada, 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 okay? And, and World of Outlaws countered with four races. That, that's, that, 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 that's where we're at with this. We got to July of this year, and every sprint car driver on the planet wanted a weekend off. <laughs> you talked about the freedom. You talked about some vacation. Is there, a, is there a balance in there for a little bit of life if a driver running with a high limits wants want, – are there some weekends off? Are there some plans like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's it's only 50-plus races and well, instead true. of, you know, 90-plus yeah. races. So it's definitely different, but it has a lot of, you know, upside to it as far as big paying races, point funds, tow monies, all those different things. So, yeah, I think, you know, racers – want to race until they get tired and then they want to break. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think some, what I've learned is that every team is a little different on how they view it. You know, some teams, you know, want to stick it out in cold, rainy weather. Some teams want you to call it, you know, two days in advance. Some, you know, some drivers want to race 50 races. Some drivers want to race 200 races. So yeah. I think it's all over the map. But if you do our deal, obviously you have the freedom to kind of go do however you want to do it and still have enough resources to, you know, to be financially sustainable for a team owner. You guys announced your schedule, and I know they're still working on some dates, but uh, some some big events, some big dates, some big tracks you're partnering with. How important was it to, you know, obviously the Gold Cup is your race. You guys have done that. Uh, Port Royal is on your schedule. How how important was it to to establish some of those benchmark tracks and make sure that they were part of what you guys are doing? I think it's probably one of the most important things. I think teams don't want to go race at, you know, tracks that, you know, aren't capable of holding big events. Sure. You know, we we want to have an atmosphere at the track. We want to have fans that are, you know, engaging, you know, with us and, and we want to be entertaining fans. You know, it's it's uh, definitely ultra important. So having big events that have good atmosphere and, and, and going to tracks that can actually hold those events is, is really important. I mean, there's definitely a lot of tracks that we're going to go to that, that can't hold those events, but that's some of what the midweek stuff's for is to kind of, you know, help those tracks out there. And then obviously, 
your Port Royals, uh, your Chico, your Skagit, Texas Motor Speedway, I-70. There's, there's a lot of tracks that, um, you know, I feel like that we're going to go to Lernerville. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know how much I'm, you know, how many tracks I'm supposed to say here, but yeah, uh, exactly. basically we're going to go to a lot of great racetracks and hold a lot of great events that are, that are going to be, you know, something that's, that we're going to be adding to the ecosystem of sprint car racing. So we're really excited about that. Really, truly is. It's, it's fascinating how this thing works and how the tracks and, and, and everything and how it all is going to fold together uh, with this. Uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit. You, you mentioned, and we, you know, Gold Cup is part of this. Uh, you're in your third year at that. How is that? Because you, you've been on the driver's side, of course, you and Casey are so tight on the team owner side. You're on the sanction side, you're on the track operator side. How is that and that experience factored in to, to, to knowing what a track operator, knowing the true numbers of what a track operator is spending on things and making and that sort of thing? How is that blended in as well? Yeah, I forgot to say we're going to Eldora for a hundred thousand wins. Oh, too. Geez, so, yes, yeah, like, I forgot about Eldora. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, forgot about one of our biggest races. But uh, yeah, you get me all excited. But we have so many yeah, great things yeah, that's going. The pro- that's the problem. It's like you listing all your sponsors. You don't want to forget one. <laughs> listing all the tracks. You don't want to forget one. And, and Eldora of all places. But that's yeah. all right. I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're excited to have yeah. the, the great racetracks. But obviously, Chico was a was a really good learning you know experience yeah. for myself and Kyle and Colby uh, to understand what it's like to run a racetrack. So. It certainly makes us as a series when we're going to racetracks appreciate what goes into, you know, running a racetrack. And we're very aware, you know, as we work with promoters to make sure that they're profitable because this whole thing doesn't work without the local promoters, the mom and pop that are running these racetracks night in and night out, 365 days a year. It's amazing what goes into running a racetrack. So I have so much more appreciation uh, to every promoter across the country that grinds it out that maybe gets one or two of these big events a year that that's really what makes their living is, is these bigger events. So uh, obviously uh, we want to add to that yeah. and, and help promoters grow more events, which then in turn, you know, helps the race teams. As this thing has churned, as the fall began and it looked like this was going to happen, we all knew the rumors. What was the reaction from track operators? Did you have did you have a lot of interest? Did you have skepticism? What just overall broad picture? I don't need any specifics here. What has been the reaction? And then when you lay your plan out to the track promoters, what's been what's been the reaction as you get them signed on board? Yeah, I mean, I think they all were watching. You yeah. know, the the proof of concept this year was the eleven races that you know in the middle of the week that a lot of people had skepticism, and mm-hmm. you know, once it started to go well, and they saw that you know people were engaged and there was fans coming to the racetrack and there was a lot of interest and hype around it um obviously it it was starting to build you know we were getting a lot more promoters wanting events and obviously we weren't going to be able to accommodate them with just the midweek shows so you know open up to the weekends um you know we have we've had a ton of interest and it's it's honestly been a little overwhelming trying to to piece it together it's one of the hardest things to do is to put a a schedule together uh, logistically that's that's good between track to track and it's good for the race teams and, and all those things so we're, we're really close you know to, to having something really really cool for everyone to look at but um, yeah the interest has been extremely high and, and very positive and we're very thankful for that because obviously it'd be really hard to, to do anything big without 
uh, track support. Yeah, that was that was that was always one of the questions to me. Where where are you going, and who's who's on board with this? Um, from a team and driver perspective, you're in the pit area every weekend, and you're in the pit area one weekend in California, and three weeks later in Pennsylvania, and and everywhere. What has that reaction been like? What are questions? What are some of the things that the drivers and the team owners are talking about? And 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 and, and I know we're in that season now where we're going to start to see drivers throwing their hat to you, throwing their hat in another direction, or staying independent. What has been kind of the overall reaction? As, as you've talked to drivers and team owners yeah i think the you know everyone's excited about the prospect of of something new and you know everybody keeps their cards close to them i think because uh everybody wants to see sure what the schedules are going to look like what the payouts are going to be you know what all the the packages the, the incentive packages are going to mm-hmm. be and um you know there's now there's two viable options out there so everybody's probably kind of watching and and seeing so uh, I don't take the approach of trying to talk anybody into doing it. I just want to show them what we're doing and then let them make a decision. So it's completely up to the teams and, and drivers what they want to do. Um, obviously, I know where I'm going and what I'm doing next year, and that's exciting to me. Um, but I think every every team's going to look at this just like anything. It's a business. So they're going to make a business decision for their race teams. And you know you have to think about sponsorships. You have to think about you know, uh, merchandise trailers. You have, there's a lot of things that are in the equation for the, for the teams and drivers, you know, moving forward. And that's, that's super important for us is, is to try to create, uh, you know, more value for these race teams. You know, we want the sponsors to feel like they're getting a ton of value. So transparency is big for us. Um, you know, we want these teams to be our partners. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if year one, we don't get all the teams that we want, we're here for the long haul. And, and if we have to go out and, and, you know, do another year and, and, sh- you know, show some of these teams what we're capable of, then, you know, we're, we're fully prepared for that. One of the drivers that we know is racing is you. You just, you just referenced it, and, and we saw that. Um, and I don't even know if it's possible to do this because you're such a passionate guy about all aspects of the sport, but sprint car driver Brad Sweet is, is how challenging it was to, to, to make the decision to, to change at the top, you're at the top of your game. You're going to make a major shift in where you're racing. Uh, were you able to separate sprint car driver Brad Sweet out, and how did he deal with that decision? Uh, I, I, I don't even know if that's a philosophical possible answer, really. Well, at the end of the day, I'm a sprint car driver, right. so I'm not changing the fact that I'm a sprint car driver. And Napa Auto Parts is still my sponsor, and and Casey, I'm still driving for Casey King sure. Racing, so those are huge factors for me. Okay, yeah. you know the fact that I'm getting a ton of support from everybody around me, you know, and and obviously my brother-in-law is coming in with me uh you know flow is you know basically all in on this with us so yeah. i mean there's a lot of factors it wasn't just me going out on some island and, and making some huge career change right yeah. so uh, yeah i'm excited i i maybe you know maybe if i had the ultimate choice maybe i would have would have maybe wanted an opportunity like this to come for me maybe in a year or two maybe not i don't know i'm just i'm excited for something different mm-hmm. um yeah. I'm excited for the challenge. Uh, I'm excited that I get to be a part of, you know, my passion was to win races and win championships. But then you get to a point in your career where, you know, the passion maybe starts to change and that chapter starts to, you know, creep into your mind. And it's like, what am I going to do? And then, you know, when this opportunity kind of came to me, it's like, man, I could be a part of maybe helping grow sprint car racing or taking sprint car racing to another level. Like I can help these young guys, you know, with mm-hmm. bigger and better opportunities that that was something that i was like really that's that is something i can really so 
you know, I, I think it became kind of easy and, and kind of got me really excited, to be honest. So, you know, now I'm really, really looking forward to, um, you know, what the future holds. Um, I want to, there's two directions that you've led me into. Um, I'll, I'll go in one direction. Your brother-in-law, Kyle Larson, um, I know he's got that day job that gets in the way, and he's doing pretty good at that as far as that goes with the Cup Series. Um, you know, I mean, is it try to get as much as he can race? How do you, how do you balance his life into this as well? Yeah, I mean, the midweek thing is something that was so successful this year. And, yeah. you know, obviously that's a big thing for Kyle and, and fans are drawn to Kyle. He's just one of those types of, you know, generational talents that, you know, everybody wants to see him. And that that's NASCAR fans, that's late model fans, that's sprint car fans. So he's obviously great, uh, you know, ambassador for sprint car racing. Yeah. And so for us to utilize him, we're going to keep that midweek series going. Uh, it might not be 12 races, you know, somewhere in the eight to 10 range. We're still going to have a little point fun. So, you know, this will be the first time I'll get to battle Kyle, you know, for points and, and then, you, you know, you're going to throw in all our other drivers, you know, it's going to be an elevated, you know, driver roster. So uh, I'm kind of excited to, to see how that all stacks up uh, the midweek series, you know, to, to kind of have the higher paying shows and have its own point fund within our full series. So, um, you know, it's a story within a story, so to speak, and it allows Kyle to kind of still kind of get to compete and be a part of our series more than if we didn't have that. And then Obviously, just like anything, Kyle's, he always wants to race the biggest and, and best races. So, um, you know, Kyle's going to be in, in a sprint car battling for the, the biggest money, whether it's high limits or World of Outlaws or the Knoxville Nationals or any of that type of stuff. Kyle's always going to be, you know, that's just who he is. He wants to compete. So, yeah. um, you know, we were excited that, you know, he's a part of our deal, but obviously uh, he's hard to beat. He, he elevates everybody that's, you know, he's going to he's going to make the competition even stiffer, which is, which is great from my perspective. You promoted a world of outlaw race years ago um, in California, and then you do Chico and then you do this. I mean, and I, I, I hate talking to drivers about post driving career. I don't want to kick you out of the driver's seat, but is there a part of this that, that leads you to the next chapter? The, the, whether it's, whether it's three years down the road, two years down the road or 15 years down the road, is there a part of this that's also appealing that leads you to the next chapter of your life and the next level of involvement in the sport? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you never know what the future is going to hold. Sure. Right. And, and this is a great opportunity for, for me to really use all my knowledge and experience and relationships and everything to, to help elevate the sport. So, you know, if I go a couple of years, racing and i'm still having fun and winning and and enjoying it and it's working then we'll be racing if it gets to a point where my focus needs to shift to the business side of this then you know that's certainly something that i'm ready for and and capable of doing but um i'm just in a really good spot right now i'm i'm happy i'll get to spend you know a little bit more time with my wife and daughter they get to they'll come to more of these high limit races and uh, that's ultra important to me um you know, and the, and the business side of it's ultra important to me. So building a, a really good team uh, with a great, you know, culture and, and everybody's on the same page and excited about what we're doing. I'm excited to, to be a part of that as well. And uh, we have some really great people that are going to be a part of the High Limit team. So just, just excited about everything in the future here. We've talked a lot about High Limits 2024. Where, where, do, you think, where do you think sprint car racing can be in three to five years from now? Well, we think it can be much bigger. We we yeah. still feel like it's uh, fairly ground level right now. Uh, obviously, we're seeing a lot of growth, uh, you know, on the streaming side of the sport, 
And we feel like if the streaming side can keep growing to the point where we could even get on linear TV, um, you know, put TV type packages together, there's, there's, you know, no reason to, to believe that this can't be a much more sustainable business for, for team owners yeah. and, and drivers moving forward. So, um, you know, we have some goals, obviously, um, you know, we're just going to plug away at it, but three to five years, um, it's definitely what we're looking at. We're definitely not here to, to be a one and done or gone in a year yeah. or two. Uh, we're looking at the big picture, uh, to really try to grow the sport over the next five to 10 years. The events, the balance of the events. I sit in stands at racetracks. I go to more races than anybody on the planet. I sit in stands, and there's sometimes you sit there and you're watching a pay-per-view production, and they don't even acknowledge you're a fan in the stands. Then there's other times where I'm watching a stream, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is all fan-related. How do you balance fans in the stands versus streaming? Because flow is an integral part of this. We all understand that flow is an integral part of this. How do you balance those those two entities? They're not competing entities, but how do you put those two? How do you meld the two together? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to to you know really have a good, efficient show that keeps the the people watching on the streaming engaged. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you get close to where they're at, they'll actually they want to come to the track and experience it. Especially if they're watching, you know, something that's exciting. It's efficient. It's a good show. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think we want to damage anything that the at track experience if anything we want to enhance it for the fans we want to keep the access to the drivers you know we have some ideas of how to how to even create more fan engagement throughout the night and and create a a more efficient so so we'll showcase that probably a few times in 2024 it'll be different we know there's going to be some traditional fans that are probably not going to love some of the things that we do and so we're going to be you know aware of that because we don't want to scare away the older traditional fans, but we definitely need to start appealing to some of the newer, younger generation fans, or, you know, maybe some of these fringe fans that maybe aren't the diehards that'll drive hundreds of miles, you know, that are maybe kind of peeking from the streaming, but, you know, maybe want to come out and, you know, bring their wife out and, you know, see it. So we just, we got to kind of find the balance there and we're going to try things we're going to be open-minded. We're new, we're fresh. We feel like we can get away with a few things and if it doesn't work out we'll we'll try to adapt and and go back the other way so um we're just very open-minded to to what we need to do to to grow the sport that is so exciting it really truly is finally um world finals are over uh you've made your big announcement the off season for brad sweet as you look over the next couple of months um i am sure you have added more to your off season than you've ever added to an off season in the past are you going to get a chance personally to get away a little bit? Are you you going racing? What's what's your game plan? <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still planning on going to Australia Whoa, for really? you know yeah. uh a, you know not as long a stint as I normally would go, but um you know need to need to get away every now and then, and and part of that is putting the team together. You know, it's uh, yeah. having a really good team at, at High Limit that's coming together that that will be able to function. You know whether I'm right there with them or or not. You know, and that's that's how this thing's got to run. There's going to be a competition side that that I'm not really involved in. And then there's the marketing, promotional, event coordination side, uh, the business side that, you know, I obviously want to be a little bit more a part of and, and try to, you know, help grow on that side. But but competition's competition, and, and we have a great competition, you know, yeah. team that are, are going to handle that side of things. And then, um, you know, obviously I'm going to still be a race driver at times and, and uh, they got to function. So I, I'm excited to kind of see how that plays out. 
That's always a fascinating dynamic because you are going to be the racer and they are going to be the competition department. You've you've obviously had these conversations with people. You 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 had an experience this past year where where you guys got yourself in a little bit of trouble with that. Those are the lessons I'm sure you've talked about that you've learned to make sure that this is not Brad and Kyle's series or on the racetrack. It's going to be the competition department. You guys you guys are ahead of that. You've had those conversations. Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge it just yes. so the fans and other teams understand that like how serious we take take the integrity you know as we build this of of the sport of sprint car racing and the high limit series i mean it can't be there can't be crossover and and things like that so obviously the competition side is is strictly out of my hands and you know the people that i'm putting in place you know have full say in that stuff and that's very important to me i don't want anybody second guessing the integrity of what we're trying to do uh we're simply you know, using our likeness, relationships, and, and things that we have on the business side mm-hmm. uh, to try to elevate the sport where, you know, we can bring more fans to the stands, we can grow bigger events, those types of things. But when it comes down to the racing on the track, you know, I hope that the officials are just as hard, you know, are harder on me at this point yeah. than, than they yeah. are everybody else. And they and they will have to be, you know, just because of the situation I'm in. So yep. um, I think I have a good reputation of, you know, how I race on the racetrack and, yep. and everything like that. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to just keep all that going and and have really you know good competition throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You do you do have that. That's for sure. East Bay is coming up before we know it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to say East Bay, but yeah, it starts. <laughs> well, there's at, another one. Yeah, yeah. we're forgetting. Any, it's like you're trying not to forget any kids, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have I should have had a notebook here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, kicking off at East Bay, um, you know, in February. Really excited about that, and then uh, you know have some some other good really fun yeah. events that we'll be able to announce, uh, obviously when the timing's right, ending at Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah. Uh, really cool to try to get that track back up and going. Uh, you know, just excited to get into that Texas market. It's it's going to be good. And and that'll be a big, big event you know, to end our season. And uh, obviously then we'll uh, we'll do our banquet right there with our with our guys and, yeah. and it'll be pretty fun. So just excited to, to get next year kicked off for sure. Won't be long. That is for sure. Brad, we always appreciate your candor. Rose, appreciate it. I appreciate you spending some time joining us here today for our Wing Nation conversation. Thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to see what you guys have next year. High yeah. limits. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. There we go. That is Brad Sweet joining us here on our Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit Conversation. Thanks for joining us for this episode. NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc.